Cause sometimes I be right Hello Welcome To the show I am here today Prepared Prepped I've been hearing a lot of nonsense Since Sunday night I've been getting a lot of uh, A lot of flack For my picks Uh, Look Let me just tell My picks have been dreadful Okay (laughs) My reputation has been sullied Uh, You know I got people close to me Hashtag and sometimes I be drunk Uh, Look man if you've been if you've been betting based on my picks, uh, I'm not gonna say I owe you because you might hit me up trying to get some payment. I'm not I pay you nothing, okay? <laughs> I've given you plenty of disclaimers of if you bet money based on my picks, hey, that's on you. But I will give you an apology, a sincere I am sorry. My picks have been absolutely dreadful. I haven't even posted, like, if you notice early in the year on my Instagram page, uh, cyber underscore pod, uh, follow me. <laughs> I was posting my record the first couple weeks because I was doing all right. Uh, then it started going downhill and I kind of stopped posting it. <laughs> it's not it's not necessarily because I'm embarrassed of it. Because, look, at this point, it's it's so bad. That uh, it's funny to me. So I will be posting that up this week. We'll get back into it. I'll I'll put my name on it. All right. But I do want to apologize. I've been bad picks. I once I went over to picking against the spread in the NFL. I started overthinking. I started trying to be smarter than everybody else, and that just got me into a hole. Right. I'm listen. I'm not that smart, guys. <laughs> I don't know more than you. I just think differently than you. That's what this is about. It's not that I know more. I just think different. Right? So, look, I have to apologize. Yo, hold up. Hey, Wally. What you... Look. Y'all, God. My bad, y'all. Wally all the way on the other side, not prepared, not ready to go. My bad. Wally, man your position. All right? All right, look. That's the intro this thing, man. <laughs> Welcome back, Cyber Family. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This is Sometimes I'd Be Right. I am your host, John Farris, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host, Wally. Say what up, Wally. Like I said, man, I'm coming in. Uh, I'm in a great mood today. Um, I can't exactly tell you why. I think hitting record and just starting to go. Probably because I've been quiet. I've been quiet, you know. Uh, yeah, a lot has happened. Uh, We're going to get into the Thursday night football games. And I got smacked in my face by a reality last week in the middle of complaining about the game. Because, again, I picked I picked Justin Fields uh, and the Bears to beat the commanders. And I said, if ever there was a week that Justin Fields will break out of his his fog, this would be the one I expect him to have a big game. Uh, And as I'm watching the game, it was so, so terrible. And this is like every single Thursday night game this year has been bad. And I was complaining about it, and then I got hit with a dose of reality, so I do want to go over that. Uh, I have an interesting... Look, i am be honest, we're going to lay off Kenny Pickett this week. Uh, I'm not going to bury Kenny Pickett again. That's not right. I'm not that kind of guy. Ah, yes, I am. <laughs> but I'm not going to bury him. But I do have an interesting thing I want to bring up, because it's actually funny to me uh, how I've come full circle on this... Uh, on this guy and I, and I want to bring it up and I want to bring something to your attention 
And I won't even fact check it yet. <laughs> but let's start off like usual. Let's get in some quick hits. Quick hits. Quick hits. So the NBA season kicked off last night. Uh, and, you know, uh, you had the 76ers playing the Celtics. Celtics won, of course, 76ers. Eh. Look, if you're going to rely on James Harden, I don't like where you're headed. I think he's always going to come up short in the playoffs because I think he puts so much energy and effort into dominating the regular season that by the time the postseason comes, when things ramp up a bit, I just don't think he has enough gas left in the tank. I think he's a guy that doesn't really take care of his body. I don't think that he really is all in on making sure. Like, I don't think if he doesn't win a championship, I don't think it's going to make or break his career. I think he's okay getting his numbers, putting up his stats, being respected as one of the best players. I don't think he really feels like he needs a championship. He would like one, sure. But there is a, a, a... For all of his flaws, LeBron James shows you with all the investment he makes in himself that winning a championship is is pivotal to him and a guy like james harden is the polar opposite where you can see he kind of takes some shortcuts to the fact where people think he came in he came into camp in shape like come on bro like should you not (laughs) is that a surprise like come on man but that's not what i'm going to talk about what i want to talk about is the lakers and the fact that they lost in the conversation afterwards was how good can they be is this a disappointment blah 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 what's going on with their shooting my question is what did you expect when your biggest offseason acquisition is patrick beverly to a team that didn't make the playoffs what do you think is going to happen this year what is going to be different this year from last year hey i'll say this over under 25 games anthony davis gets injured again i just think it's going to happen the history has shown you that i don't think he's a winner i think he i think he got a championship but anthony davis has never been a winner he's never been associated with winning he's never been a guy that you looked at that said that's guy that guy is going to carry your franchise to a chip now someone like giannis in milwaukee yes they had a good team they had they built a good team around him but i think he set the tone and set the culture for that franchise which got other guys to buy in and buy into that one idea of we need to win this anthony davis didn't rally anyone around him or set a culture in new orleans he was just the best player on a bad team you bring him over to la and they're trying so hard to get him to be that guy the leader of the franchise he doesn't want it and then you got Westbrook sitting there who is just miserable to the point where it's when you watch the Lakers play, it looks like a group of guys playing basketball who don't want to play together, who don't like each other and are all just kind of taking turns trying to score. And I think that's a recipe for disaster. I wouldn't be surprised if they miss the playoffs. Even if they do sneak into the playoffs, I don't see them getting very far. They probably get bounced in the first round because they'll probably end up with a sixth, seventh or eighth seed. I just don't see him going very far. But again, what did you expect? Okay, get ready for more nights like last night where they get kind of blown out and it's not even close. So Justin Fields, as I said, I I picked him to beat the Commanders on Thursday night. And I know it's a week later and we're talking about it, but that's just timing, right? But what I I noticed watching that game, look, I'm an Ohio State State fan. Sorry, got a little excited. (laughs) I am an Ohio State fan and I watched Justin Fields for two full seasons play for the Buckeyes. And I said, coming out of college, I think he's every bit as talented, if not a little more talented than Trevor Lawrence. 
Now, I look like a complete idiot because Justin Fields has been dreadful. I cannot lie. The guy looks terrible. But what I noticed was Justin Fields looks like he's on the field trying to replicate what he saw on film. What I mean by that is that I feel like he's thinking so much that he's counting his steps as he drops back. He's looking through his progression, saying, look here, here, here. Everything he does looks so robotic and like he's forcing it that he just doesn't look like he's playing free and loose. That's what I noticed from Justin Fields. He's not letting it go. He's not just dropping back in rhythm and firing the ball in there. Looks like he's aiming everything. Like he's trying to be perfect. Like they're they're coaching him to do something and he's trying really hard to do it, but it just isn't natural to him. And I wish he would just play. I wish he would just play. And it and it and it, and it, it bothers me that he's playing so stiff and tight and and like just let him go he needs to just start playing football stop trying to be something stop trying to do something just go out there and play football look i still believe in his talent i think he's immensely talented i i think i think the coaching staff has to go i don't know what they're doing but they they don't even they don't trust him, number one. And maybe it's warranted. Look, chicken or the egg. Are they not trusting him because of his bad play? Or is his bad play a result of them not trusting him? I don't know. But I know this. At some point, you have to go for broke. And you have to figure out, is this our guy? And the only way to do that is to go out there and give him full command of the offense and let him go play. At this point, if you're the Bears, what do you have to lose? Put it on Justin Fields. Let him go out there and play. If nothing else, see if this is the guy for your future, if this is the guy you want to keep. If not, move on. But I'm telling you what, I still believe in Justin Fields. I'm not backing off of that. I still think he's top 15 in the NFL as far as talent goes. So I don't know. He just looks like he's thinking too much. That brings me to um, the Thursday night football games. Now, I'm not the only one who has said this. This is a running thing all year long. These games are absolutely terrible, borderline unwatchable. I would almost rather watch anything else other than these games. And then I start, so I'm complaining about it, right? I'm sitting in my house and I'm like, man, this game is terrible, blah, blah, blah. They need to get rid of Thursday Night Football. And then boom, it hit me. These guys are tired, man. These guys are beat up. They just played on Sunday. And now you're asking them to have off Monday, maybe not even have off, like go in and have like a film study day on Monday, figure out what you did wrong Sunday, build a game plan. And then starting Monday or Tuesday, you have to now start preparing for a new game. So Tuesday, Wednesday, you're practicing, you're trying to get the game plan in. And then Thursday, you have a game. Look, the NFL needs to stop. Maybe you don't get rid of Thursday night football, although I think maybe move it to Friday. You know, maybe try Friday night football. I don't know. Maybe give them an extra day. It might help. But these guys are beat up. They're run down. They're exhausted. They've barely recovered from Sunday and you got them going back into a game. Or if you're not going to move off the day, then you need to have these games being played by teams coming off of a bye week. Now, you've already extended the season an extra week to a 17th game. Why not give them a second bye week? So you would have them have a bye week on Sunday and then they have the game on Thursday. So all of these teams will be fresh. 
right? They'll be well prepared. They would have had almost two weeks to prepare for the opponent. Both of the teams are coming off of a bye week, so it's not an advantage or disadvantage for either one. And then you get a better product on Thursday. Because if I'm Amazon, I know they paid, they paid billions, okay, to have this game exclusively on Amazon Prime. And what you're getting is garbage. Now, people are going to watch because it's the NFL. But still, if you're the NFL, you don't want to put out a bad product. Okay, you want to have good, entertaining product that people are talking about, especially when you're partnering with Amazon, who's talking about buying the Sunday NFL ticket. So you want to build that reputation of having good product every time the NFL is on, whatever they put their name on. Boom, you're getting quality product. So NFL, do the right thing. Give these guys a bye week the week before so they're coming into the game fresh and healthy and you got the best going against the best and you got them at their best. You're going to get a better product. That's it for Quick Kids. So what I want to get into today, um, I really want to deep dive into the NFC East because there's a lot of talk about the NFC East. Um, we're coming off of the Cowboys Eagles game on Sunday night, which in my what I call my lock of the year, I had zero doubt going into that game that the Cowboys were going to win. I just looked at the Eagles and I said, I'm not impressed. Coming out of that game, I'm even less impressed than I was going in. I think what happened and I think what is happening is I think we're we're starting, I think the media, and maybe even fans, are starting to have, in my opinion, what I call falling in love with the results and looking at the results as the reality. And it's odd, I know it's odd to think about, but the Eagles are 6-0. They would be, I, they're the only undefeated team in the NFL. People might put them in the top three as far as power rankings. But when you watch the Eagles play, do you really think they are a top three football team in the NFL? Do you really think that's a team that can represent the NFC in the Super Bowl? Do you really think they have a chance to win a Super Bowl? I would argue that most people who are not Eagles fans probably don't watch the games. They probably just see the highlights and then they see records and then they judge it. Well, they're 6-0. They must be good. I would argue against that. Here's what happened in the game. So before we talk about the NFC East as a whole, let's really dive into the Eagles versus the Cowboys. So what were the storylines going into the game? One of the storylines was the Cowboys being 4-1 and one behind a backup quarterback. I repeat, a backup quarterback. Now, the Eagles are coming into the game. Yeah, they had, they're a little banged up on the offensive line. The Cowboys defensive line is their strength. But other than that, they're offensively, they were pretty set. Defensively, they were set. And you're going against a backup quarterback. The fact that this game was even in question at any point lets you know, maybe the Eagles aren't really as good as we thought. So the Eagles ended up winning the game. They got a nine-point victory. I think it was 26-17. to 17. But if you remember, they were up 20 to nothing. With a few seconds left in the first half, Cowboys got a late field goal, made it 20-3 to at the half. And it was bad. The Cowboys looked bad. Then in the second half, the Cowboys come out and they roar back and they get it to 20-17. to 
Now, they go down, they give up a long drive for a touchdown, 26-17, and then Cooper Rush gets the ball back, and he had a wide open CD Lamb down the sideline. He went to throw it, got hit as he was throwing it. Should have, I, in my opinion, should have made that throw. I think that throw would have been offline anyway. But he got hit. I'll give him benefit of the doubt. And the ball got, you know, hung up there and it got intercepted for his third interception of the game. Are you impressed by what the Eagles did? If you say yes, okay, fine. The talk on Monday morning was this Eagles team is built to beat the Cowboys. Everything the Cowboys are deficient at, the Eagles are good at. I just thought that was laughable. Because if you watched that game and you thought the Eagles won that game because they're better, you didn't watch the game. And you already had it in your brain. Eagles are better than the Cowboys because they're 5-0 and and the Cowboys are 4-1. and And the Cowboys are lucky to get these wins. How are they racking up wins? They shouldn't be winning. There's a luck component. And that's how you watch the game. Well, fine. But that game was lost by the Cowboys due to turnovers. How can I say that? Okay. The Eagles achieved just one more first down for the game than the Cowboys did. They had 22. The Cowboys had 21. Okay. The Cowboys had more total yards than the Eagles did, despite the fact that the Eagles had the ball for 10 more minutes. The Eagles won the time of possession by 10 minutes, but yet they had fewer total yards than the Cowboys. The Cowboys averaged more yards per play. The Cowboys had more passing yards with that backup quarterback. The Cowboys had 10 penalties and three turnovers. The Eagles had no turnovers and far less penalties. And the Cowboys struggled versus the run. That's where the game was lost. The Cowboys outplayed the Eagles offensively, but they had three turnovers. None more crucial than the two turnovers in the first half that gave the Eagles two short fields. If the Cowboys don't turn the ball over, they win the game. They win the game. They were having no trouble moving the ball. It was turnovers that derailed drives. That was it. That was the difference in the game. One of them was a tip pass, you know, backup quarterback trying to force it into a tight window. That's not what you do, Cooper Rush. You know better. So the game was not won because the Eagles were better. Oh, they just outplayed them in every area. No, they got outplayed. They did. Now, they ran the ball well. Of course, the Cowboys do struggle against the run. We'll get into that later. But look, even with that being said, the Cowboys had the ball with an opportunity to make it a one-score game and had the guy wide open. Like, if you watched the game and you thought the Eagles were far superior to the Cowboys, you didn't watch the game. And you cannot forget the Cowboys were playing with their backup quarterback. A quarterback who everyone said after week one that if Cooper Rush is your guy, the season's over. 
I specifically remember LaShawn McCoy saying, it's over. And if I had told you, a Cowboys fan, if I had told you anyone, after six games, five of which without Dak Prescott, you were going to be four and two, what would you have said? I would have even said, you're out of your mind. There's no way. Cooper Rush is not going out there and winning four of the next five games. It's not happening. And if your only loss comes on the road on Sunday night against the Eagles, like, look, come on. As bad as that game was, you cannot leave that game watching it thinking, oh, yeah, Eagles are by far better. No way. Now, I'm not saying Dak Prescott makes so much of a difference that, whoa, he would have been way better. But come on, Dak Prescott is better than Cooper Rush. We'd all agree, right? If nothing else, Dak Prescott maybe would have picked up some yards and key spots using his legs in a way that Cooper Rush doesn't. You're also, for better or for worse, you're not as limited in your play calling. It doesn't have to be so specific. So You could take more chances. I think Dak Prescott gives you more. I've always said, I even said before, this is not like me all of a sudden changing my thought. I think Dak Prescott is a better player. I think if you're talking about just drop back and throw the ball, who's more comfortable? I do think Cooper Rush is better at that. But there is more to being a quarterback than just standing back there throwing the ball. There's pressure. Can you handle pressure better? I think if you line them up in seven on seven, I think Cooper Rush will outduel Dak Prescott every day of the week. I just don't think Dak Prescott is a traditional straight back throw it kind of guy. I don't. I don't believe in that. I've seen too much evidence to support the opposite. But if you're talking about a game, who's a better player? Come on, let's be honest. It is Dak Prescott. And if Dak Prescott's in that game, do we think it makes a difference? The answer would have to be yes. So how can you be impressed after I just told you the Eagles only got one more first down? Right? The Eagles got outgained in total yards. And they they had to hold on to a lead against a team that was penalized far more and had three turnovers. And yet you still almost had yourself in a spot where you really had to come through with a play. That's all I'm saying, guys. That's all I'm saying. I just don't think the Eagles are far better than the Cowboys. And now that can bring us to the conversation about the NFC East. Because you have the Cowboys, Giants, and the Eagles. The Eagles are at the top at 6-0. and The Giants are 5-1. and And then you have the Cowboys at 4-2. and And if I asked you, who is the best team? You'd probably say, well, the Eagles. Then it would be the Giants. Then the Cowboys. And I would say to you, why? Is that just based on record? Because I would sit here and tell you the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC East. And I would say that primarily because they are 4-2 with a backup quarterback. They had a bad game against the Eagles and still outgained them in all the numbers I just said. They still outplayed the Eagles, in my opinion, if not for some bad turnovers committed by that backup quarterback. They played the Giants. Were you impressed with the Giants when they played the Cowboys? Now, look, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the Cowboys are impressive. I think the Cowboys have been doing a really good job of managing things with their backup quarterback and just not blowing it. 
The offense has been, just don't ruin it. The defense is good enough to help us get by. Just don't make big mistakes. And up until Sunday, Cooper Rush wasn't making big mistakes. He made big mistakes and you see what you got. But to me, you played the Giants, right? The Cowboys played the Giants and they beat the Giants. Were you impressed by either team in that game? No. Now, I know the Giants went to London and beat the Packers. And then the Giants came back home and they beat the Ravens. And yes, I picked against them in both games. (laughs) And I said over and over, I don't buy the Giants. I don't buy in. I'll tell you right, I would not be surprised if they don't reach 10 wins. I know. I know. In the next 11 games, I don't think they win five. I don't buy in. I think they are sneaking away with some wins. I think they're getting some breaks. I think things are going their way. But we cannot deny what you can see with your eyeballs when you watch the game. You're not impressed. And that's okay. So let's look at it. So I, I, I thought maybe I'm crazy and I wanted to break down. I wanted to say, well, let's look at, you know, let's look at some factors. Let's look at some numbers. Not really a big time numbers guy, but let's look at some numbers. So if we're talking about the Giants, I think the Giants have been sneaking away with some W's. Well, here's some numbers. The Giants are averaging 21 points a game. All right. That's pretty good. That's all right. It's not terrible. It's okay. They're giving up 19. So their average margin of victory is two. Which tells you what? They're in a lot of close games. And we all know, sometimes you have those runs and those moments where the close games just all go your way. They're averaging 335 yards of total offense. Meanwhile, they're giving up 350 yards of total offense. Well, to me, that says, all right, you're giving up a lot of yards. You're only gaining out, outscoring your opponents by two. That tells a story of, you know what? That's how it looks to me. It looks like you're in a lot of close games. And when it comes down to one play, either winning or losing the game for you, you're in the position of it's working out for you. Now, yes, they had a strip sack against Lamar Jackson, but we've seen it a million times. You strip a guy, the ball doesn't bounce to you, bounces back to them. They get it. Whew, what a break. And then they go score the next play. Like there's things that can happen. I'm not saying like you're lucky to win. I'm just saying like things are going your way. Things are bouncing your way so far this season. I don't think that that continues. But if you watch the Giants play, if you if you are a Giants fan, you know better than anybody. You're on pins and needles the whole time. It can it it can go very, very south. Luckily, it hasn't. You guys have been getting the benefit. Things have been working out for you. Good for you. I'm happy for you. But don't get it twisted. Because you won the game doesn't mean you're a really good team. Just because you're 5-1 and one at this point doesn't mean you're a really good team. Be happy and excited that you're there. Hey, Cowboys fans, I'm one of you. I am a Cowboys fan through and through. I will be the first one to tell you the Cowboys aren't impressive either. I've been saying for weeks at some point, I'm waiting for this whole thing to fall apart. 
They are barely hanging on. Cooper Rush is barely holding it together. It's working out. It was a fun story. It's great. He went 4-1 and one as a starter. You did your job. But let's look at them. They're averaging 18 points a game. Ooh, that's rough. That's a lot of pressure on your defense. The defense is only giving up 16. Now, again, just like the Giants, you're barely outscoring your opponent, which says what? We're in a lot of close games. And so far for the Cowboys, things have been going their way. They're averaging 311 yards of offense a game. That's not very impressive. And they're giving up 329 yards. Again, just like the Giants. The similarities between the Giants and the Cowboys are so, so, they are so similar. It's kind of scary. They are almost the same team. But there's one key difference. The Giants are playing at full strength. The Cowboys are playing with their backup quarterback. Which says what? Daniel Jones is running things just the way Cooper rushes. Just don't blow it. Just, just don't blow it. Which means what? Again, follow the pattern. You're going to have a game where we're going to put it on your shoulders and you're going to have to go win it and we don't think you can. The day is going to come. Look, Green Bay's bad. We can Green Bay's bad. I've been talking since game one about Lamar Jackson and hey, bro, this is what's going to happen. If you start, if you want that monster contract, get ready for the rest of the team to suffer. It's going to be all on you now, playboy. And what are you going to do? You're going to carry all of the weight and it's not going to be fun. The Giants deserve as much credit as the Cowboys do. Hey, good job getting a five and one. You bought yourself a cushion. You could lose a game or two here or there. It's not going to ruin your season. Good for you. I will say this. The Giants are tough. I think their coach so far in year one is doing a great job in terms of having those guys fired up, having those guys believing in themselves, having those guys play hard. Good for you. But you can't sit here and tell me that the Giants are better than the Cowboys. Because, again, you're judging the Cowboys based on their backup quarterback. Daniel Jones is barely outperforming Cooper Rush, and Cooper Rush is a backup. Now let's go to the Eagles, the vaunted, impressive Eagles. They're averaging 27 points a game. It's pretty good. <laughs> they're giving up 18, so their scoring margin is higher. They're, they're getting 408 yards a game. And they're giving up 319. Now, if you want to say the Eagles are the best team, fine. They got the best record. They're putting up the best numbers. Fine. But in a head-to-head against the Cowboys, I do believe had Dak Dak Prescott been playing, I think that game is different. I don't think you get the three turnovers from your quarterback. I don't think you get the three. And that game is different. And I don't think if you have if you have one turnover, even two turnovers, I don't think you lose to the Eagles. Now I'll I'll listen. I'll I'll give it up to you. The Eagles won. Good for you. Blah blah blah. Yada yada. Ugh, I hate them. But I will say in the head to head game, I think the Cowboys looked better than the Giants. And I think the Cowboys outplayed the Eagles. That's it. 
But, and so basically what I'm saying is the NFC East might look great on paper based on record. I don't think any of these three teams are really good. I think they're all okay. I think the Eagles, I just don't, I the way they play to me is not built to play with in, behind. They have to get up on you and then run the ball, run the clock out, control the clock. That's it. We saw it in week one against the Lions. You can score on that defense. You can put up the points. I think the Cowboys were ill-equipped to do so because of Cooper Rush. I think just who he is. I think you also have to factor in that, you know, Michael Gallup's coming off of an ACL injury. He's not 100% yet. CeeDee Lamb, in my opinion, is vastly overrated. I think at best he should probably be a slot player. I think that's where he could be most effective. I don't think he's a true number one. So, yeah, that's a limited team who couldn't really put the same amount of stress on the Eagles. But look, even with that, I don't think the Eagles are unbeatable. I don't think the Eagles are uh, as difficult a team. I don't think they're very good. I don't. I think they're on par with the Giants and the Cowboys. I think all three of them, they're okay. They're okay. If they play their game and get the breaks they need, any one of those can win. But if anything goes sideways, all three of them are going to have a tough, tough day. That's it. That's my rant on them. Let's get into a little college football because I want to talk about the Tennessee and Alabama game. So I was wrong. Let's let's start by saying that I said Alabama is still Alabama. And they're going to go out there and they're going to show, hey, we are still the creme de la creme Uh, and they didn't (laughs) almost almost but they didn't and then the reaction from Tennessee was through the roof those people went crazy and good for them man good for them you've been getting dogged out by Alabama for a decade maybe longer and you finally got that win and what that did was that reminded me of last year when Michigan beat Ohio State and and Michigan fans were talking crazy and the coach was saying that this and the, the players were saying it's a soft team. They're finesse, blah, blah, blah. They're not tough. Here's what I caution Tennessee and Tennessee fans from doing. Don't make the same mistake. You will see them again. They will play you again. And just because you won this year doesn't mean you won't go back to losing 10, 12, 13 games in a row to that team again. Very quickly, you can have your moment and then go right back to being on the bottom of the trash heap. I'm okay with you getting excited. I'm okay with you winning and celebrating and all of that stuff. But don't go to trashing the team you just beat who has dominated you. So I can't remember the Twitter account, not the Twitter, the Instagram account. That had posted up a story uh, and the guy, oh, man, you know what? I'll, I'll have to hit you in the comments. Uh, but he had posted something about the celebration, about people going crazy. And he started saying something like, I don't kind of along the lines of what I'm saying, where it's like, look, you've been getting beat up by this team for years. You win one game and you act all crazy. Like, don't go, don't go nuts. And to me, it's the exact same thing, right? So what I was saying is, look, have a blast. But don't go insulting them or trashing them like this isn't the team that has owned you. 
Because it's going to come back. <laughs> I'm telling you, this year, new lock of the year. <laughs> I've been saying since last year, I have zero doubt Ohio State is going to dominate Michigan this year. And the reason why I'm saying that is because not only have you lit the fire under them, but if you watch the way Ohio State plays this year, it is all based on bully ball. They want to push you around and bully you and impose their will on you and show you we're not just finesse. We are bigger, stronger, faster, better than you. That is a direct result and an answer to what Michigan said last year about them being a soft team. The whole offseason, they preached toughness, tough, 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 tough. That's why Mayan Williams is getting the run that he's getting, because that guy will run through you if need be. He's not just looking to go around you and skate. And if you watch Travion Henderson play this year, he's not trying to run around you either. He's trying to show you I'm not just a scat back who's going to run and try to outrun you. I'll run through you if need be. That is all a direct result to what happened last year when Michigan called him soft. Now, if you have top five recruiting class, five stars everywhere, you have elite talent and that talent is pissed off. And that talent, manhood, and ego, and pride has been called into question by that team up north calling them soft. You have a whole year stewing over that. So now you have the proper attitude. You have the anger. You have the want to. And you have the ability and the talent. That is a dangerous combination. And I don't care what Michigan says or does. They do not have the talent to match Ohio State. They don't. Yes, they won last year. Yes, they pushed them around the field. But guess what? You think they're going to let it happen again that way? You think they're going to let you beat them the same way? Nah. So Tennessee, watch it. Don't go crazy. Celebrate. Have a great time. But give respect to Alabama for being that dragon you were trying to slay. The fact that they were Alabama and that good is what gave you that little extra juice to get the job done. So pay some respect to that. Hey, they kicked our arse for years and we finally got some get back. It feels great. But guess what? They're going to come back too. And we got this feeling we have, we need to make sure we replicate it so we can feel it again and not just go right back to where we were. That's the way to handle it. And by the way, did you see Michigan against Penn State? Look, I told you I wanted to pick Penn State. My my entire being wanted to pick Penn State. I don't trust them. And now what bothers me about Michigan, here we go. Rant man has returned. <laughs> what bothers me about Michigan is Michigan walks around and parades around like what they're doing is impressive. It's not. They like <sighs> You know what? Let me stop. Because I, I'm, I'm going into the territory of hate. <laughs> I like to stay away from just being critical based on like hate or opinion or I just I'm not impressed. Because if you hate Ohio State, you could probably say the same thing, that they're not impressive. Nothing they're doing is impressive. And you, you'd probably be right. Like, look at their schedule. They don't have the hardest schedule. But I just think Michigan, Michigan doesn't have any pop. They got no pop. They got no sizzle. You know what I mean? J.J. McCarthy is trash. I'm sorry, bro. Michigan, you can't recruit a quarterback to save your life. What was the last good quarterback you had? Come on now. This this McCarthy kid is no good. 
hey, if you stop their run, if you put a, uh, if you put a, a, a bracket on their run and you say make this quarterback beat you, he can't. He cannot. He's having a hard time fighting off Cade McNamara. Come on, bro. Your quarterback room is trash. Get out of here. Devin Brown, Ohio State's third-string guy, will go to Michigan tomorrow and start on Saturday. Stop, man. Stop. I'm get, See, I'm getting... Y'all got me hating again. <laughs> I don't want to be a hater. <sighs> man. Listen. Let's move into something else. Let's get away from that. Uh, so... I, I said that Kenny Pickett is probably going to be the thing that I harp on all year long because I don't believe in Kenny Pickett. But here's what I do believe in. And this is what I was talking about earlier when we started the show about how I thought this is funny, how it's come full circle. I can't say for sure, but I'm almost certain. I'm almost certain. Somebody fact check me. Did I say Bailey Zappi was my QB one in the draft this year? I'm almost positive if he wasn't one, if I didn't rank him one, I'm pretty sure he was my favorite. And I remember making fun of his name. I go, Bailey Zappi? Zappi? I remember making fun of the name. And I remember watching the film and saying, wow, this kid's actually pretty good. He's pretty good. Now, the quarterback class, I said, was bad. I acknowledge it. But I thought Bailey Zappi was probably the best coming out. Now, look, uh, if I didn't say it, uh, I felt it. I remember sitting to myself thinking this kid might be the best one. Somehow, me making fun of him, he turned out to be my favorite of the class. Uh, and if you haven't noticed, he is playing for the Patriots. Uh, he's now played three games. And I'm going to be honest with you. Dude looks good. I thought when he got drafted to the Patriots, it was a great spot for him because I felt like he's very mature because he's a little bit older. Um. And and Mac Jones is not like special in any way. Uh, Mac Jones gets hurt. Bailey Zappi comes in, and I'm gonna be honest. I'd ride it out with Bailey Zappi for the rest of the year, and then I would because I think I think Bailey Zappi might be better than Mac Jones in the long run. I know it's crazy. I I this time last year I was railing on Bailey Zappi as this is this is the guy. You got some guy named Bailey Zappi. I know. Now, here's what I want to say. Bailey Zappi was drafted in the fourth round, pick 137. Kenny Pickett was drafted first round, pick 20. Let's look at some numbers. Oddly enough, they've both played three games. Kenny Pickett is completing 66%. That's really good. He's got 514 yards. That's pretty good in three games. But he's only averaging 6.2 yards attempt. Well, that's bad. And... If you go a little deeper and you figure out how many yards he's getting per completion, I think that might be lower. He's throwing a lot of short passes. He's got one touchdown pass and four INTs, and he's got a 67 quarterback rating. Oddly enough, his rating right next to Mitch Trubisky. He's no better than Mitch Trubisky. Now, you could say he's a rookie. It's his first year. Give him a break. He's trying to figure it out. Sure, all of that. That's fine. He's not a godsend. I don't think he's going to get much better than what he is. I think he is a backup. But let's now look at Bailey Zappi, also a rookie. He's completing 73%. Wow. 596 yards. That's pretty good through three games. 
Right? Not great, not special, but pretty good. But his, he's averaging 8.5 yards per attempt. Now, you guys know me. I know you're probably sitting there cursing me out saying, but I thought you thought yards per attempt was a stupid stat. I do. <laughs> I'm using it in this conversation because if it were the other way, you would use it against me. So if you're going to use it, I will use it against you. I don't believe in it, but you do. So, hey, here's for you. 8.5 compared to Kenny Pickett, 6.2. He's got four passing touchdowns and one pick with a quarterback rating of 111.4. A, that's a fourth round quarterback compared to a first round quarterback who everyone thinks is, ah, he's the future of the Steelers. You got to play the rookie. You got to play him. Bailey Zappi is outperforming him. And there's not a single person on this planet that would fight me to say the Patriots are a far better roster than the Steelers. And at this point, since Tom Brady left, some people might not even argue that that Bill Belichick is a better coach than Tom. What the hell is his name? <laughs> Yo, <laughs> how am I, Tom, Tom, Mike Tomlinson, there we go, <laughs> how did I forget his name that quick, see how, see how passionate I be, y'all, I told you, this, this is what happens, man, this is what happens to me, when I gotta hear nonsense all off season about how good Kenny Pickett is, and I'm like, am I crazy that I don't think he's that good, the boy is being outplayed by Bailey Zappi, now, look, I like Bailey Zappi. I do. I like him a lot. I liked him coming out of college. I didn't like him going into the draft. But once I started watching the film, that guy can play. He's better. He's better than Kenny Pickett. Stop talking to me about Kenny Pickett. I wish that the, the, that the national media would not cover Kenny Pickett like he's something special. He's not. He's not. You know what? I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I don't think they talk about Kenny Pickett. <laughs> Actually, now that I th- now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, um, I don't think anybody's talking about Kenny Pickett but me. <laughs> this I'm literally having a war inside my head over Kenny Pickett with myself. No one else is saying anything. Just me. This is look. This is what it's come to. This is what look. This is a result of my picks being so horrendous that I feel like. I'm I'm hearing ghosts. I'm having I'm hearing people in my head talking. Oh, you'll know what you're talking about. You'll know what you're talking about. And so I'm locking on to Kenny Pickett. I know that I'm right, and that's I'm going crazy, y'all. This is how bad my picks have been. That it's got me going crazy, fighting with myself, trying to prove to myself that Kenny Pickett that I'm right on him. I'm losing it. Somebody help. <laughs> Somebody help. Let's get into the picks for this week because look. This week has to be redemption. This is getting really embarrassing, okay? Now, look, let me be honest with you. I genuinely, uh, I'm really not upset. I'm really not going crazy. I'm really not losing my mind and feeling any type of pressure for these picks because full transparency, I don't gamble. I just stake my reputation of saying, hey, my outside-the-box thinking, my outside-the-box thinking and thinking against the grain of conventional wisdom Sometimes I'd be right and I'm not crazy. 
So that's all I'm doing. I sit at home and I watch the games and I see what's happening. I see if I was right based on what I was thinking or is my thinking a little off. So now I'm going back to picking, not trying to prove that I can be right and not just being a contrarian, but really picking what do you believe? Because sometimes I think if I pick the favorite, then, you know, then I'm being, then I'm, then I'm, well, you're not really, oh, of course you picked it. That's not going out on a limb. Like, I feel that way when I pick the Ohio State game. Like, yeah, of course I'm going to pick them to win because they're one of the best teams in the country. They're better than everybody they're going to face, probably, until the national championship. And even then, they'll probably be favored. So it's not really stepping out on a limb or really showing that you're smart or intelligent or that you can do anything. So, you know, sometimes I feel the pressure of, well, pick an upset, pick an upset. And so I just, uh, uh, they'll win. We're not doing that anymore. We're going back to the basics Back what we were doing in the beginning of the year. Go with what you know and what you believe. So, in college football. So, we got 10 picks total. 5 college, 5 NFL. So, let's start with the Syracuse uh, versus Clemson this week. Clemson is favored by 13.5. Now, I know. I don't pick against the spread. I don't pick against the spread when it comes to college football. But I think this week I might. I might for this game. Because here's the thing. My initial thought when I saw it was, oh, Syracuse. Syracuse with the upset. Because much like Michigan, much like the Giants, much like the Eagles, I just don't really buy into Clemson. Every time I see Clemson, there's something about them that makes me feel like they're not they're not as good as as you want to give them credit for because they are Clemson. So you think, ah, oh, they're good. They're top five, but they're not really that impressive. They are another team that's kind of squeaking out some wins. Right. And now when I look at it, I say, all right, well, surely they have to be far better than Syracuse. But look at the numbers. Syracuse is averaging 36 points a game. Clemson is averaging 39. That's close. That's surprising. Syracuse is only allowing 13 points a game. Clemson is allowing 20. Well, hold on now. That's interesting. Total yards, Syracuse is getting 433 a game. Clemson's only getting 417. Clemson is also giving up 338 yards a game. And Syracuse is giving up 269. So Syracuse, when you look at the numbers, pretty good. Guess what? Syracuse is giving up less than 100 yards rushing and less than 200 yards passing. That's pretty good. But now when you look at their last five opponents, you say, ah, okay. They beat UConn, they beat Purdue, they beat Virginia, they beat Wagner, and then they beat NC State. Okay, now look at Clemson's. Louisiana Tech, then they beat Wake, who's ranked. They beat NC State, who's also ranked. They beat Boston College by a lot. And then they beat Florida State, a team who I gave the kiss of death. I said they're going to make the playoff. I think they could win all their games. And then they haven't won since. (laughs) But that's still a tough team. So when you look at it, you say, man, Syracuse is pretty good. But they've also had a much easier road than Clemson. So do I think they'll beat Clemson? I want to say yes. Because, again, I just don't buy into Clemson. But I kind of want to pick against the spread because I if they, I don't really believe they'll win, but I do believe the game will be closer than 13 and a half. So you know what? I'm just going to go with it, man. I'm just going to say they beat them. Syracuse, I got Syracuse 
beating Clemson. I'll put it there. I'm not going to cheat and go with the spread just for this one game when it might work in my favor. I'll pick Syracuse to beat Clemson. Oregon is playing UCLA. Look, uh, I think Oregon, I think with Bo Nix, I think they're starting to figure it out. I think UCLA is riding really high. I'm going to take Oregon to beat UCLA. Um, I, I have no reason to believe that. I, have no re- I just, when I look, sometimes when I look at the matchups, I just first thought, boom, that's it. That's what I'm going with. First thought, gut, gut feeling. What's the first thing you think of who's winning this game? That's usually what I go with. Now, it's when I start to overthink it and try to figure out, well, why do I think that? Could it really be? Look at the numbers. That's when I start to question it. So the same thing with Syracuse, Clemson. My first thought was, oh, Syracuse is going to beat Clemson with the upset. I'm doing that here. I'm taking Oregon to beat UCLA. I'm doing the same thing. uh, Texas over Oklahoma State. Now, look, Texas, I told you, I didn't buy into the QB. I didn't buy into Quinn Ewers. I thought coming into this year, I don't get it. I told you when I saw him play Alabama, I, I understand now. I Listen, I was made aware. I was put on notice. I think that kid is good. I think as long as he's playing, I think Texas is good enough to beat anybody in that conference. I think they take out Oklahoma State this week. I got TCU beating Kansas State. I think TCU is, is one of those teams that I always pick against. Um, but they're actually better than I give them credit for. I like them to beat Kansas State. I just don't trust Martinez at quarterback for Kansas State. I don't even know how he's still playing. Like, I feel like he's been in college for 900 years. I don't know. Uh, and then, of course, I'm taking Ohio State to beat Iowa. I think coming off the bye week, I think Iowa's offensively challenged. I think Ohio State having two weeks to prepare for them, two weeks to continue to improve that offense and get it together. I mean, not offense, that defense. And under the new system, I think they're going to come out on fire. I think they dominate Iowa. Now, let's move over to the NFL. So I have the Saints in the Thursday night game. Saints are favored by two. Uh, I got them uh, beating Arizona. I think Arizona is a mess. I think the situation and the contract talks with Kyler Murray have ruined them. I think he exposed things to them the uh, ownership group and I think the ownership exposed some things to him where I think there is a complete lack of trust for each other I think there is a genuine dislike for each other and I honestly think he needs to go I think that's the way it goes I think I think he needs to leave I think he needs a fresh start I think that it's I think that relationship is broken that's what I think uh but you know that's just me. That's my opinion. Who cares what I think, right? But I, so I have the Saints on Thursday night, another bad game. I don't think the game's going to be good, but I like the Saints to cover. Uh, they're favored by two. I think they win by like a field goal. Um, I'll take the Saints. The Bengals minus six versus the Falcons. I like the Bengals. Um, I think Joe Burrow's starting to look like Joe Burrow again. I think he's starting to get round into form. Um, and I think I expect the Bengals to start to pick it up a little bit offensively. Um, so I like them to beat the Falcons. The Falcons aren't very good. They, they play hard, but they're not very talented. Uh, so I like the Bengals to, to win that game and cover the six. Um, the Lions getting seven points versus the Cowboys. So the Cowboys are favored by seven. Here's what I'm going to say. Dak Prescott is coming back, so I get the logic. If you put Dak Prescott in there, he's going to be better than Cooper Rush. Lions aren't good, blah, 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 whatever it is you want to say. But here's what I know. The Cowboys struggle against the run. They do. The Lions can run the ball. 
Yes, you know, one of the running backs is a little hurt, a little banged up, may not even play, but I still think they run the ball well. I think that's going to give the Cowboys trouble. And I'm one of the few people who still believe in Jared Goff. I think they're going to make some plays. I don't think this game, I think this game is going to be a lot closer. I don't know. I'm not picking the Lions to beat the Cowboys, but I am picking them to cover. It will be a game. It will be closer than seven points. So I'll take the Lions and the seven points. I like the Lions to cover. Yeah, give me the points with the Lions. I think that game is closer than seven. So I'll take the Lions in that one. Jaguars uh, minus three versus the Giants. Look, I talked about it in the show. I think the Giants are, I don't think they're very good. Um, And just like I said with the Cowboys, I think this game will be close for sure. But I think the Jaguars get it done. I think they win. It'll be within seven. Like, again, I don't think they're going to do anything but i think they'll cover the three points i think they'll win by maybe four or five um i I, obviously i think the game's gonna be close i don't think it's gonna be a blowout but again i'm picking against the giants again based on what my eyeballs are showing me i don't think they're just gonna run in there and and beat whoever i think the giants can make i mean the uh the jaguars can make some plays i think their defense is really good i think he's gonna give um daniel jones some fits and so i see the jaguars winning that game i see them covering the three points now, the Patriots are favored by seven and a half uh, against the Bears. Now, you know me, seven and a half is a big number. Uh, but the Patriots have Bailey Zappi, a great head coach, an understanding of what they're doing. The Bears have Justin Fields and a coaching staff who doesn't believe in him. Look, after what I saw on Thursday night, I I just don't, I don't see the Bears. The Bears are offensively challenged. I just don't think they trust Justin Fields enough. I think they're holding him back. I think they're limiting him. I don't think they're letting him just go play football. I think they're in his head. I think he's in his own head. And so for that reason, I like the Patriots who are coming in with a clear identity, clear reality of what they want to do versus a team who is trying to get by. I like the Patriots to win. And I also like the Patriots to cover the seven and a half points. As crazy as that sounds, I think they win 10, 11 points. And those are my picks. That's my time, y'all. Look, I appreciate y'all coming through. Look, I, I know we talked about a lot. If you're a Giants fan or Eagles fan or even a Cowboys fan, look, if you don't like what I have to say, I'm sorry, man. I'm just I'm just using my eyeballs. Be honest with yourself. Be, I'm a fan of the Cowboys, and I can be honest. They're not very good, okay? They're okay. And maybe when Dak Prescott comes back, maybe they can get better. But as of right now, all three of those teams in the NFC East, they're all right. They're okay. They're not bad. They're not great. They're not as great as their record would indicate. They're probably a little worse than their record. But, hey season's still early got a lot of time left uh if you're a kenny pickett fan my beef uh sorry for having a beef with him i don't i don't have a beef with him i'm just trying to prove myself right (laughs) i need a win y'all and if you've been betting on my picks and you've been losing your money uh i'm sorry uh again i'll say it these are my picks these are my opinions this is based on my thoughts and, and my feelings uh choose wisely if you're gonna bet on me bet wisely okay but this week i think this is redemption week uh i'll get back to posting uh my cyber record and my picks i'll have that posted up this week listen i honestly just want to thank y'all for coming through i hope you had a good time today if this was your first time listening i hope you heard something and was entertained enough and want to come back next week we post every thursday without fail and if i'm going to fail i'll give you a notice to give you a heads up saying there's gonna be no show 
But listen, thank you, Cyber Family, again for joining me. Uh, spread the word. Follow me on all social media platforms at Cyber underscore Pod. That's S I B R underscore P O D. Follow me there. I'll be uh, I'll be tweeting this weekend. Uh, let's get some engagement going, man. Let's build the family. Uh, enjoy the games. Uh, gamble responsibly. Uh, probably don't bet on my picks this week. Uh, but if, listen, if I come back strong this week, I will be talking my trash come Thursday. I'll see y'all next time.